Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on a cloudy, warm Saturday morning in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We've got a good show lined up for you today, I think, and uh, got a special guest here in the studio with us that's going to give us a bunch of good information about, uh, about Marty Ward. And we ha- probably haven't mentioned Marty Ward more than a handful of times in the six years we've been doing the show, but unfortunately, Marty... Six-time, is it six-time champion at Greenville Pickens Speedway, passed away last week on the track racing, which is, I guess if you're a racer, that's the way to go. And he uh, um, is a legend in the upstate here and around racing in general, and we're going to talk a lot about him today. But uh, before we get started with that, good morning, Ronnie. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing a whole lot better than I was. What happened to you? I had an upper respiratory infection, and it kind of kicked my butt that for was, about two weeks. Yeah? So you're over that, right? I think so. Sound, I hope so. I still sound kind of rough, but I don't feel bad. No, you sound the same as you always do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've got a guest in the studio here, which is Brian Ramey. Brian, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Brian is a good friend of Marty Ward's, and... I called our old buddy Dale Wilkerson to see if we could get a get somebody to talk about Marty, and he suggested Brian Ramey. And uh, Brian, I contacted Brian, or actually he contacted me after he found out I was looking for him, and um, said he had a daughter, son-in-law here in Spartanburg, and instead of doing it over the phone, he'd just soon come in the studio. So welcome to Start Your Engines. Glad to be here, and and the main reason I'll just go ahead and be honest about it. Uh, between a set of hearing aids, got one on order, and I can't hear it thunder, and I would have done very poorly over the phone. So I'm probably, glad to be here with these headphones. You've probably been hanging out too many racetracks. Too many racetracks, too many shotguns, too many thirty out sixes. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> well, Any one of those will do it, and when you got them all together, that's right. Well, for a lot of people, it's being too close to the speakers at a rock concert or something or in my son's case it's uh being a mortarman in the marine corps Mm -hmm. and you know my father was in artillery in world war ii he couldn't hear worth a darn my brother was in artillery uh in germany but 1972 they would fight too hard he was still he can't hearing, a hear, lot of, hearing a lot of gunshots. Well, he can't hear either. So uh, I've got a family full of artillerymen and uh, and uh, that and rock concerts and race cars will take your hearing away. Fortunately, well, man, oh, fortunately case, i got a little bit of, of each. Not too much artillery, but I've, uh, I can hear pretty good. Well, most of my family's loss of hearing came from cotton mills. Ah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And how about... Uh, That'll mess your lungs up too, right? With yeah. the lint and everything. Yeah, that's why they call them lint heads. 
Well, uh, we uh, send our best wishes out to Greg, who couldn't be with us today. He's under the weather. And uh got to thank Wayne Finley, actually, for uh, uh, getting our guest today, which at 11 o'clock, we're going to mix up the schedule just a little bit because uh, Deb has uh, a media obligation at 1020, which is her usual time. So we moved her to 1120, and uh, we're going to talk to Wayne at 1020, I mean, uh, Brian at 1020. And uh, Wayne got us a guest because Greg was under the weather, and he got us Tom Jensen, who is the curator of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We've had Tom on before. He's an author and uh, an excellent journalist, and it's uh, be good to talk to him. So we're looking forward to Tom Jensen at 11, Deb at 11.20 or thereabout when we get through with Tom, and uh, we got Brian Ramey at 10.20. But, Brian, let me tell you, you just hop in wherever you want to. Very well. You're uh we got a three man show today and you're uh if you got something to add, add it. I'll do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's touch on a little bit. They had two races last night, uh, at Indianapolis Raceway Park. So let's get those out of the way right now. I watched them, uh and I've got to confess, actually I fast forwarded through them because uh my son was watching Messi. The, the soccer player oh, okay. who plays for uh, Miami Inter something, Inter whatever it is. And he, uh, I, I didn't want to interrupt him, so he watched the soccer game, and I went back and fast-forwarded and stopped at the interesting parts of the of the race, the race says, and uh, there weren't too many interesting parts. Now, the raceway is the road course, right? Well, okay. Last night, they ran ARCA at 6 o'clock, and at 9 o'clock they ran the trucks. But this is at Indianapolis Raceway Park, which is a half-mile track across town. That if You, you remember the old series of uh, Thursday Night Th- Thunder? Right. That's where that was. Okay. They used to run the midgets there. And that's probably the first time a lot of people ever heard of Jeff Gordon. He used to run there, and uh, Ryan Newman, and... Uh, Tony Stewart, and they were all midget and sprint car drivers back in those days, and that would have been uh, like the 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s, and they they ran those races at Indianapolis Raceway Park. So that's well, Ryan told us before the show this morning that his trip to Indianapolis was, he saw Jeff Gordon win the race, did you? That is right. He, but Gordon, that was on the big track. That was on the big track. That was on the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway. Right. right. Well, they say that they're going to go back to that uh, probably next year. We'll talk to Deb about it because she's at Indianapolis, and she wasn't at Indianapolis Raceway Park last night, but she was. Uh, she's up there. And, uh, you know, I mean, the road course is good, and I know you like – and I like road courses too. I love them. In fact, we're going to Watkins Glen next week with the Cup and the Xfinity cars. But, uh, you know, I, I just – the Indianapolis Motor Speedway – you people, if you've listened to this show for 10 minutes over the last six years, know how much I love the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the 500-mile race and all that stuff. So I just would like to see the stock cars back on it. And uh, you went to the one that Jeff Gordon, the, the first year they had it? No, my, my college roommate did and had a hat with, with the inaugural race, um, uh, Brickyard 400. Gordon won it. He passed away suddenly in 2004, 
and his wife gave me that hat, and I took it up there and uh, saw Gordon win the 20th race as well. Okay. And then at Darlington, Senator Shane Martin got me in Gordon's hauler, and he signed that hat for me. So it was one of my treasured possessions. Well, uh, but the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is, uh, I mean, it's as far as I'm concerned, there's only a few speedways in the world that, uh, I mean, you've got Le Mans, which has changed several times, and, uh, and of course, Daytona, and I'm going to throw Darlington in there because that's kind of like our home track. And actually, uh, Milwaukee is the oldest track in the country that they still race on it. We're going to talk about that in a little bit because uh, they're, uh, they got a race coming up real soon. But Indianapolis Motor Speedway was built in 1909, and it, to me, is just the mecca. There's nothing that even comes close to that track, and I would just prefer to see them racing on the, the big track rather than the road course, which was only built a few years ago. Brian, uh, Brian you also told us that you got to ride around the track. Well, I, we're in one of those tourist buses. Yeah, you yeah. give them five uh, bucks and they'll take you around it, Ronnie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, now, the, that I was just amazed that you go around those flat corners at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> but I got all I wanted going around a racetrack with a race car driver at Greenville Pickens. Pearson took me in my brand-new car in 2008 into turn three at 105 miles an hour, driving with his left hand and chattering like a like a canary, asking me if he want, if I wanted him to scrape a wall for him. <laughs> <laughs> you He's know, uh, 74 years old at the time. The, uh, getting back to Indianapolis, though, the, uh, the they have a tour. You go yeah. there and you go to the museum and you get on the bus and take the tour, and uh, uh, it's a... Uh, it's something. It makes my skin crawl just when I come inside the gate. And I remember I talked to to, to uh, Greg about it a lot of times before he ever went there. I mean, for years I've talked about Indianapolis, and you know they had to they had to raise the walls like six inches or nine inches or something because uh, stock cars are you know bigger than an Indy car, yeah, higher profile. And uh, they had to make a lot of changes to that track before they could have that first race. And I think that was that ninety three or ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four. And um, that was a heck of a that was a heck of a race. But let's get back to what I was talking about. They ran at Indianapolis Raceway Park last night, and the first race was uh, both of these were on FS1 back to back. And I'm going to say this again, and I've said it before. I think Jamie Little not only is she really nice to look at, but she does an excellent job calling these races with uh, Phil Parsons and uh, Michael Walter, who I don't care much for, but I, I just like to compliment. Jamie Little because she does a great job calling the the uh, the truck races and the ARCA races and the ARCA race was won by Jesse Love. Jesse Love is quickly becoming the Max Verstappen of ARCA. He's won seven times this year. Like uh, Max Verstappen wins about every literally every Formula One race, but Jesse Love won again last night and the Reese's two hundred. And uh, it wasn't particularly close. He lost the lead uh, late in the race on a crash and um, uh, a caution flag, and they had a restart, and it, it, nobody could catch up. That was their big chance. So uh, the uh, that was on last night, and so he is running away with the point standings. I'm looking at it here, and I'm trying to see who finished second. And uh, I can tell you this. Sean Hingarani was third. Fourth was William Saulich, who is a big rival of uh, Jesse Love. They don't like each other very much. And fifth was uh, 
I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, fifth was LeVar Scott, who is a an African-American driver. Looked real good last night. So uh, I don't have a point standings to tell you, but I can tell you that if you've won seven races, you're probably leading the points. So, uh, well, now, Jesse Love's only 18. Right. So how long will it be before one of the big uh, companies will, will pull him up to... Well, he drives a Toyota, and uh, so it might just be uh, real good yeah. with uh, Gibbs. And I got a Toyota comment to make here in a minute because they lost a driver this, this yes. week with Noah Cragson, who I've been saying is the most despicable person in auto racing, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, uh, ARCA, uh, they're, I, I'm not sure when their next race is. I think it's a couple of weeks away. But they also ran a truck race after the ARCA race. And it was won by Ty Majeski. Now, this was the first race for the trucks in their playoffs. They uh, decided their playoff field at Richmond a couple of weeks ago. So last night was the first race, and uh, Ty Majeski won it. And it wasn't particularly close either. And I tried to watch it, and as I said, I fast-forwarded through it. And it was just not, not much action. And I was really, uh, and a lot of other people were counting on it being a a whole lot of action from on this half-mile track, but, you know, it just didn't happen. It was kind of a parade from the parts I saw. But Ty Majeski was the winner, so he's uh, he's out front for the uh, truck championship. Second was Christian Eckes. Third was Lane Riggs. Fourth was Carson Hostavar. Fifth, Zane Smith. Sixth was William Sawlidge, who did double duty yesterday with the ARCA and trucks. Seventh in a real good race was uh, Rajah Karuth. Uh, eighth, Corey Hine. Ninth, Matt Crafton. And tenth, Matt D. Benedetto. So uh, you look on down the line and finishing 19th after starting 28th, which wasn't last, but it was close to it, was Shane Van Giesbergen. And Shane will be remembered for winning the cup race at Chicago a few weeks ago in the rain. And uh, all indications are that Trackhouse Racing is going to get him a car for next year. They're looking into getting either leasing or buying a charter so he can run for the points championship. And, you know, these charters are just, uh, you know, I remember when they first started with charters and things like that, They you could get one for like a million dollars or 900000 and now they're like $20 million to get a charter. It's yeah. unbelievable. And FYI, the next ARCA race is the 18th. At uh, Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen. All right. Well, that's next week. Yeah. That's next week. So there'll be a bunch of people at Watkins Glen next week because uh, that's where NASCAR will be. But Van Gies, Shane Van, they call him SVG. Yeah. But Shane Van Giesbergen finished uh, 19th last night in the truck. So he's trying to learn how to race on ovals. And I think this might have been his first oval track race. So, uh he didn't do so hot, but he was in somebody else's truck, and uh, he'll he'll catch on. He's also in the cup race on the road course at Indianapolis. So uh, the points now, as of yesterday, and this is after one race in the uh, in the chase. Uh, Corey Heim is the points leader. Ty Majeski has automatically moved into. The next round, so you win and you're in. So they run two more races, and after two races, I think the bottom three will drop out of, of their ten finalists here, the ten people in the playoffs. 
But uh, Corey Heim is the points leader, believe it or not, even though he didn't win the race. Ty Majeski is second. Third is Zane Smith. Fourth, Grant Enfinger. And fifth is Ben Rhodes. Sixth, Christian Eckes. Seventh, Carson Hosevar. Tie for eighth between Nick Sanchez and Matt D. Benedetto. And tenth is Matt Crafton. And uh, nobody else matters after that, really, because those are the ten guys with a chance to win the championship. They run their next race, and this is where I was going to get to Milwaukee, which is the oldest track in America that they still race on, and I believe it dates back to 1903, and that's the Milwaukee Mile. Uh, They will run there on Saturday, uh, August 27th, so they've got a couple of weeks off, and that will be the NASCAR Truck Series Race at Milwaukee. What a name for a race, and that will be at 4 p.m. on FS1, but we'll talk about that more later. So let's take our first break. We're going to come back and talk to Brian Ramey about the great career and uh, uh, of an upstate legend, Marty Ward. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Weekdays at 3 p.m. It's Spartanburg County's longest-running radio show. The sports voice across the region for nearly 20 years. There is no substitute for decades of experience. Talking everything local, from high school football and basketball to Carolina and Clemson. It's open mic. And we have the studs. With Ryan Clary, Alex Smith, and Anthony Greer. Don't miss a moment beginning weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Find an old 35-millimeter film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35-millimeter and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35-millimeter color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate.
state that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And we almost lost our guest just now because he said he was a Clemson man. And he's sitting over the other side of the bench with Ronnie, who's a Clemson man. So, uh, But that's all right. We uh, we got you outnumbered. Yeah. But, you, day, but you got the buttons. Well, <laughs> uh, you showed us your, your Carolina ring. I, I just wanted to give my condolences. Not everybody gets to go to college. Well, I, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. That really insults me, so don't say that too much because I, I'm very proud to have been a Gamecock, and I sent my daughter there, and she graduated, and she's an outstanding young woman. And uh, Ronnie said something like that one time to me at Applebee's, and I quickly put an end to that. But let's get away from college so uh, we can uh, get on with the business here of talking about Marty Ward, which is why Brian Ramey is with us this morning. Now, what was um, – what was your connection with Brian Rain with with uh, Marty Ward? I I met him in 2008. I sponsored his late model starting in the 2010 season, um, and we just became friends, uh, rising out of that. I sponsored him until he he said he was retiring. Um, race cars re- drivers really don't retire. Um, the only one I know that just walked away or two. Carl Edwards walked away. And Donnie Bishop walked away and refuses to come back. But Marty, uh, uh, I met him through sponsoring him. And was that while he was coming up in the world, or he had he already won some? Oh, no, oh, he won six championships at Greenville, right? Yeah, and and he, he had. Uh, when I met him in 2008, he had won four. Okay. Um, he won the 2008 championship, which was five, and. Um, uh, he had uh, he had raced uh, ARCA. He had raced is it UARA? He had raced the Hooters Cup. Um, uh, I think he had run some Bush. Um, he raced all over the country, places that I don't know much about. For instance, you mentioned Milwaukee. He raced at Milwaukee yeah. a couple times. Um, his crew, you'll know that somebody that really knows him. They don't call him Marty. They call him Ward. Um, well, I never was on the inside. Sponsors come and go, and so I never got to see them put their secret sauce in the car. But uh, he became a very good friend through sponsoring him. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I've seen his name in the rundowns of other other races, and I believe it was probably ARCA or Xfinity or maybe Bush back in those days. Right, and uh, he had six Greenwood Pickens championships. He come to me in, the, in November of '09. He'd had a he'd won his fifth championship in '08 with a with a sponsor, and they kind of had a rocky relationship, and it kind of splintered in 2009. And he come to me and wanted me to sponsor. I actually thought he wanted some legal advice. He didn't say what he wanted when he wanted to come see me to my office, and uh, he just him hauled around, him hauled around. That's the way he was, and um, finally he mentioned he wanted me to sponsor him. And I honestly at that time I'd sponsored some renegade cars. I'd sponsored some a couple of races at Greenville Pickens. Um, but, you know, I didn't think that 
I thought that'd be above my budget to try to, because I had, I had a more grandiose vision of what it cost for a sponsor. And so I said, well, what are your goals for next year? And he said, I just want to win one more race in a car I built, my own equipment, and I'm done. I just want to prove to myself I can do it on my own. Well, in 2010, he won either 13 or 14 races and won the 2010 championship. Um, in addition to the uh, coincident was with some of his other Greenville championships, he won the state championship three times uh, mm-hmm. in South Carolina, late model uh, state championship. So he was racing at, uh, I, I guess, now, was this a, a direct cause of Greenville Pickens closing that he was running at Anderson? No, no, he ran at Anderson. You know, Anderson usually runs Friday nights. Right. Unless they have a traveling show, uh, they'll run Saturdays. Um, but they usually coordinate and don't, Greenville and, and Anderson usually don't run the same nights. Sometimes they flip. Greenville will run Friday and Anderson runs Saturday. But it was the Southeast Super Trucks uh, that were there. And the undercard, they had the vintage cars, had a bunch of old flathead Fords. Um, they had some um, uh, two other lower divisions, and then the Southern Classic stock cars ran their first race um, that night, and Marty won that race in an old Nova, four, number 41 Black Nova. This was last Saturday. Last Saturday night, that's right. And uh, the he and Greg Porter, um, uh, who was in a, um, a 1970 Black, number 80 Ford Mustang that Johnny Allen used to run at Greenville Pickens. Johnny's a good friend of the show. They they put on a great show, out and back, out and back, bumping each other and so on. And Marty passed him in turns one and two on the last lap and won that race. And then there was a, uh, a lower division race after that, I think 15 laps. And then the truck race started, and that's when Marty um, had his situation. Well, I mean, that's just so... Uh, I, I want to say right off the bat, that you know, our hearts and prayers goes out to the Marty Ward's family, and I didn't know him, and but I, I naturally have heard of him, and I just uh, don't want there to be anybody even think that we're being disrespectful because. Uh, but I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to we try to get out the news and what's happened, and when you've got his sponsor and an eyewitness. Of what happened last Saturday night? Tell us how that went down. I mean, that, that's that's well, so. Uh, it's very sad, but it, I mean, it's racing. Well, it's kind of poetic. Well, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The um, they say that old saying, "Going out with a blaze of glory." And that's kind of what Marty did um, uh, for the last three or four now, years. How old was he? Fifty-eight. Okay. He would have been fifty-nine in December. All right. I thought he was one month older than me. I'll be sixty in January. I thought he was. Born in December of '63, he was born in December of '64. Okay, eleven months younger than me. Um, for the past three or four years, I've driven, I've sponsored the race at when they're at Anderson, um, uh, and also have driven the pace truck. And so I was driving the pace truck Saturday night, and um, uh, we were on lap 32. There had been a caution. Marty had been running in third and was beating the the back bumper off of number two, and we had a had a caution. He came out fourth. So on lap 32 there, I was sitting in turn three in the pace truck, and he passed the third-place car right in front of me. And so they come back around, and I heard a crash, 
couldn't see it because I was kind of angled toward turns three, and I couldn't see down the back stretch. And my son said, that's Marty. And Marty come right in front of me, and um, both left sides were down. He was dragging sparks, and he hit the third turn wall, no steering input, and then wound up on the uh, three and four apex against the inside wall, nose in. Um, eyewitnesses said he got the car wide, the truck wide open coming off two, and just kind of slumped over to the left and hit the inside wall, went way up in the air off the wall and bounced down. And so um, he never regained consciousness. He died Sunday about 4 o'clock, uh, never opened his eyes, never spoke. Um, and so effectively he passed away with the throttle wide open. Um, uh, at Anderson. So it was very, very tragic. Um, that is so sad. Well, here, the, it, 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 I mean, it is sad, but I mean, let me tell you the glorious part about right. it. Um, uh, I was, I, I, I was at the hospital all day Sunday until he passed, and um, you know, it's just a, it's almost an empty feeling, uh, um, just, just heavy, heavy emptiness, and um, so they had his funeral. And that was Wednesday. And his uncle, who's pastor of First Baptist Church of Indian Trail, North Carolina, large church, 7,000 members. Um, Marty's uncle preached the funeral and gave a gun barrel straight gospel message. And 17 people got saved at his funeral Mm -hmm. on Wednesday. And so that is a a good thing coming out of that. Uh, um, But I sure would like to run up to Marietta and talk to him today though um, but that's not going to be until we know one day after a while you know um, I don't mean to be trite but uh, I mean a race driver I, I guess that's the way to go I mean doing yeah. doing what you love I mean they've been saying that in every Hollywood movie and uh, you know books and everything but it's the truth I mean mm-hmm. a, a race driver how else would you want to go well, you know, Deb Williams is going to be on in a little bit, and yep. I don't know if it was Deb or Tom Higgins, but I, one of the tributes to Earnhardt, and, and it, it could have been Mike Joy, I, I don't remember, but a broadcaster said that they were riding in a pickup truck with Earnhardt, and, and they mentioned something about the risks they take and so on. And have you ever thought about what a tragedy it would be if you know if you, had, if you had an incident? And Earnhardt supposedly said, if I die on a racetrack, that's not a tragedy. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I live for. Yeah. He says, "What would be a tragedy if I somebody run a stop sign and T-bone my pickup truck while I was on the way to the barbershop to get a haircut and kill me?" Yeah. Um, and so either it was either Deb or Tom one that told that story, and that's that's how I feel about Marty. He uh, he he throttle was wide open when um, when the Lord called him home. When how many races would you how many races would you say he won? In his uh, career. Oh, I don't have any idea. Like I say, in 2010, he won 13 or 14. Uh, he started racing when he was 16 years old uh, in 1980 or 81. Um, so that's 42 years. Uh, so I would say between, I'd say absolutely 300 races and probably above 500. And his funeral was on Wednesday. That was the day you, yep. we got together. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, it's just, uh, I know a lot of people 
listening to this show are going to miss him. Uh, now, was he uh, was he a regular at Anderson? Was he a regular? Was he still racing regularly, or was it just like like every hey, once in a while? But uh, I, I, I just for some reason I think that after was well. Okay, let me ask you this: Was he running at Greenville Pickens up until the time that the track closed, and he went to Anderson, not, or, not, he, or he had he just not, moved on? Not regularly. My sponsorship ended when he decided to retire, and he was he was building race cars and working on people's cars. And he's got he got a he's got a shop up in Marietta. You can eat off the floor. It is just uh, hospital surgery room clean. Um, and so he worked on a lot of other people's cars. And so he would be at Greenville or Anderson helping someone or, or another other drivers if he wasn't running himself. So he didn't run full schedule since probably 2016, maybe 2017 is when he stopped running every week. Uh, and that's when I uh, that, that I didn't sponsor him anymore because he didn't ask. Yeah, I told him as long as you run, I'll buy you tires. That was our deal. And um, uh, he went he went a little over a year without racing, and then he never did he never did call me again. I I saw him at Greenville one time with a black car with just a number on it, ninety seven, no lettering at all, um, qualifying. I called his uncle down in the pits and I said, did I get fired? <laughs> why's, why's my name on that car? And he said, well, he's just messing around. He ain't really serious about it. But he ran 97 his whole career, right? Uh, Pretty much? With, with a few exceptions. That was his number that he ran if it was his equipment. Mm -hmm. um, like the, the, the Southern Classic stock car he won, it was a 41. Somebody else owned that car, though it had his name above the door. Um, and I don't know the history of that car. Um, had Bishop's Auto Parts on it as a throwback sponsor. And so I'm not quite sure who the old, the old driver was that ran that car in the upstate. We're talking to Brian Ramey, who was a sponsor and good close friend of uh, Marty Ward, who passed away last uh, last Sunday. I guess he actually passed away, but a great upstate race driver. Um, now, did I read somewhere? And I think it was in the because I it, it's really that's the way life goes. I'm reading, eating breakfast, reading on my phone. Channel 7's website, WSPA, and I'm and it's got your picture there, and it's talking about you, and you're a big part of you were a big part of that article, and then uh, well, then two hours I'm talking to you on the phone, lining you up for the show. Well, but but did did um, I read some in that article, or I heard someplace they're having like a maybe a memorial race or something? That, it's going to be 97 laps because right. of. That, that's the Shrine Race at Anderson on August 26th. Okay, that's coming and, up in a couple of weeks. And it's it's normally a 100-lap race. And traditionally, all the, the drivers all give their purse to the Shriners Hospital. It's what's happened for since the 60s. Yeah. Uh, and so they've decided to call it Marty Ward Memorial 97 instead of a 100-lap race at yeah. Anderson on the 26th. He has a wife and family? It has a wife, has one son, Jacob, who... Uh, will graduate from Clemson in December, uh, so he got to go to college. Well, now did Mar <laughs> did Marty do anything else uh, other than, uh, like a, a nine to five job during the week, or was he just I, a racer? Uh, he was mainly a racer. He had uh, he had a couple laundromats through the years, and uh, oh, he cleaned up. Uh, he cleaned up. Uh, maybe, maybe so. <laughs> Uh, a lot of times I'd talk to him early in the morning, and he'd be on the way to or from. He'd say, I'm going to rob the laundromat. 
You get the, get the quarters out of it. Uh, but I think he sold that a few years ago, the ones that he had. Well, I will come back and ask you a couple of questions. We're going to take our next break right now. But uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions about Greenville Pickens Speedway and uh, if it's even got a future. But we'll do that after this break. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Alex, I see you got a new car. Yeah, man, it's sweet. Room for Titus and all his stuff, but it's missing something. Like what? Well, you know how Titus likes Tupac. Naturally. Well, the new car doesn't have the bass like my old car did. You need to take it to Elite Audio. They can add bass to a factory system. Seriously? Yeah, while you're there, let them add a remote start so the car is warm when you and Titus get in in the morning. I also saw they can add LED headlights, which you should look at, Clary, because you can't see anything. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Check out all they can do at EliteAudioOnline.com plus their Facebook page. Apparently, you can't hear either. What? Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call local State Farm agent Cliff Gobert at 597 1200. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees. Welcome back to Start Your Engines, and uh, have Brian Ramey here, a good friend and sponsor of Marty Ward, who we lost this week. And, of course, Ronnie Black's on hand. Greg's not with us this morning. Uh, 
Brian, let me ask you one thing before we move on. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about institutions and, and legendary speedways and things. Uh, Greenville Pickens, I mean, actually is right there among them. Uh, I went over there for years when it was dirt. I was at the first paved race when it was on Wide World of Sports, the first flag-to-flag coverage. Uh, if you look at that video, and they interview Bobby, uh, they interview David Pearson after the race, who finished second. I'm in the, I'm right behind. Uh, I'm between Pearson and Ken Squire doing the interview, wearing a yellow sunglasses and a yellow Vanderbilt sweater. So, uh, but, and that's what I want to talk about. Greenville Pickens Speedway. I mean, is it gone forever? I know there's. I've heard some things about maybe they're trying to. To, uh, there's a, a group, I think, maybe trying to keep it going or revive it. But, I mean, what do you think? Is it dead? or? Well, I, I, I choose to think and believe it's not dead. Um, uh, the owner of the track is a personal friend of mine, but um, he has kept his own counsel and um, kept his cards close to the vest. So I don't know anything on the inside of what's actually going on, but um, I have a very good friend who is very good friends with, a potential buyer of the track and they were um, they might have been in the mix sometime in the past but they were going to make an industrial park there but uh, he assured my friend he said we don't have any any desire to tear the racetrack down it's not part of our footprint of what we want to do and if a promoter comes along and wants to run it we're happy for it to continue so and the way the land lays uh, it'd be really hard to build something else because basically a, a creek is there all the time running through the middle of the track. It's piped, mm-hmm. but, you know, to the, outside of turns three and four, it's a swamp. Um, and so um, I choose to believe that it's, you know, in, in the vein of North Wilkesboro, its days are not done, and we're going to race there sooner rather than later. That's my hope and belief. Well, I hope it happens, too. It's uh, It's... It's a legendary track. I read, um, I've read so much history about stock car racing and all auto racing. But you know, Bill France, uh, when he was trying to get NASCAR going, he uh, had a race scheduled for Greenville Pickens Speedway. And I mean, one of the very first uh, before NASCAR, he was just promoting races. There was no NASCAR. This was probably. I don't want to say what year, but it might it might have even been before World War II, but it was a long time ago, and he had promoted and promoted and promoted, and he didn't know if, uh, you know, what was going to happen, and the morning of the race, he said uh, he got in his car and he was going out to the track, and the traffic was so jammed up you couldn't hardly get to the track, and he said this was the birth of NASCAR, because this race that he'd put on at Greenville Pickens Speedway, so many people were going, and it was it turned out to be such a success that uh, um, he knew he, he knew NASCAR would be successful after that. And right. like I said just a minute ago, the first flag-to-flag coverage of a stock car race was on ABC's Wide World of Sports at Greenville Pickens Speedway. Bobby Isaac won it. I was there. I was in I was in the pits with a Charlie Glassback who was driving a car from Spartanburg at that time. So. Uh, well, I wasn't there, but I did watch it on TV. Well, you can still watch it and on TV too. because it's on YouTube. On YouTube I, was, yeah. I was six years old. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, He's still, he, but I have seen it on YouTube many times. They ran at Columbia on Thursday, and on Saturday they ran at Columbia, uh, and, uh, at Greenville Pickens. So uh, 
Anything else you want to add? I mean, you can just sit well, here the whole time if you want to. You well, don't I'll, have to go anywhere. I'll be glad to do that because I want to. I want to meet. Uh, I want to ear meet Deb because I've seen her on TV a lot, and I just want to. I want to hear from her. Um, do you know her? Just from seeing her on on news, I've never met her in person, but I'm gonna meet her over the air. You're gonna meet her in a, about oh, an hour. Um, She's a sweetheart. Um, what what it has proved to me once again this this awful week is that um, the racing community really is a family. Um, uh, people that don't know racing think all we do is wreck and fight. Uh, in fact, you know I. The first race I ever saw was on TV. It was a 79 Daytona 500. And a neighbor down the street had been telling me about NASCAR and about David Pearson and about Dale Earnhardt, who was a young driver then. And I watched that race. You were and snowed I, in with the rest of us. That's exactly right. I walked down the street in the snow to watch it with my with my neighbor. And within two weeks, I was first time I went to Greenville Pickens. Um, but when these things happen, when you see the things on Facebook that people say, you know, we really are a family, and we stick together. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I heard a song on the radio this week, and it just summed it up like like its song had been written for this week. And Charlie Daniels in his hit song, In America, said, um, we might have done a little fighting amongst ourselves, um, but you outside people better leave us alone. Right. Because um, we all stick together, and you can take that to the bank. That's the Cowboys and the Hippies and the Rebels and the Yanks. And that's what racing people are. They... They compete aggressively. They fight amongst themselves, but we love each other and and respect each other. Um, the people that uh, Marty fought with, or they fought with him on the track, they absolutely have respect for him, and he had respect for them. And I and that's other than hearing the motors and smelling the fuel and the rubber, that's why I love racing. Well, I'm glad we had uh, had you come in this morning and and share these uh, memories and. Uh... Just a story of what happened last Saturday. Uh, I hadn't heard it. I've heard it from a, an eyewitness. And um, as I said earlier, you know, our hearts and prayers are with uh, the family of Marty Ward. And he was, uh, I mean, he was a giant in the upstate of South Carolina and maybe even further, uh, you know, a larger footprint than that. But thank you so much for coming on. You just sit right there. If you got to go, go. Close the door when you leave. But if you're going to stay, you We'll be done at noon. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed meeting y'all and uh, enjoyed being here. All right. Well, we're glad to have you. Uh, it was, we've uh, known him for pretty much an hour now. Yep. And, and uh, I think we're going to be friends. 90% of it was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me touch on a couple of NASCAR notes here. And, uh, of course, this is this is my own uh, feelings about Noah Cragson. I've been saying that he was a rotten bum since last year when he would throw up after he went, he'd win a race, he'd throw up in victory lane and then they'd go back to him and he would be shotgunning a beer and he used profanity. And this was like the first time I'd ever heard of him when he won an Xfinity race. And I said, I don't like this guy and I'm not ever going to like him. And he hasn't done too much since then to make me like him. He's wrecked a lot of people. He's wrecked a lot of his own cars. And I don't know how in the world he got the job with a legacy motor club with a goody two-shoes like Jimmy Johnson who, uh, and I'm not saying that derogatorily Jimmy Johnson and Richard Petty two, what they got, like 14 championships between them um, well Noah stepped in it big time last week when he uh, um, on Facebook I guess it was or Twitter or X or whatever it's called now he liked a meme 
that was uh, about uh, George Floyd uh, death. And I mean, what whether you agree, we don't do politics on this show, and whether you agree with with uh, all the uproar around George Floyd and what's been made of it, and Black Lives Matter. If you're a public figure, it'd be really, really stupid to like something like that. That's generally thought of as uh, as taboo. I mean, you wouldn't want to go there at all. Well, he liked a meme about George Floyd that was uh, that was uh, very derogatory again towards uh, towards him. And about as soon as they could get their hands on uh, on the uh, a, a phone or a text or something, uh, Legacy Motorsports suspended him, NASCAR suspended him, and from what I've got right here in my hand from last night, um, the 25-year-old who has been suspended indefinitely by Winston Cup and by NASCAR um, has asked for his release, and he says in his statement, he says, I love racing and am looking forward to a second chance to compete for wins at the highest level of NASCAR, and most importantly, Make my family, my team, and, and the fans proud of me once again. I've never been proud of it. But uh, he um, he said that yesterday, and he has been let go. And Mike Rockenfeller, who has been driving a little bit for the Whelan Engineering uh, IMSA Cadillac that we talk so much about and pull for, is, uh, is going to drive that number 42 this week, and I believe even next week at Watkins Glen because an expert um, road course driver, Josh Berry drove the car last week and crashed, but, you know, a lot of people did at uh, Michigan last week. They were having blown tires and things left and right. But anyway, the bottom line is uh, uh, Noah Barrett, Noah Cragson is out of a job, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, good riddance. Th- yeah, I, that doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I thought he was a bum from the start. Moving on with a little more NASCAR news. Um, Jordan Anderson, an Xfinity driver, sometimes, part-time, he had a bad, fiery crash at Talladega last year in an Xfinity race, is coming back uh, to run the uh, Xfinity race at Daytona with Larry McReynolds as his crew chief. Larry was our guest last week. so uh, And that'll be interesting what? Well, you know, he did, was it Kerry Earnhardt? He was the crew chief for Kerry Earnhardt at Talladega last year, and right. and he ended up finishing second. Yeah. And so uh, as soon as I read this last night, I said to myself, you know, why didn't you ask Larry McReynolds last week <laughs> if he was going to get back on the pit box? And he could we could have broke the story right here, but I didn't think about well, it. Well, he's proven himself over and over there, so why wouldn't he take a chance to get back? It was Jeffrey Earnhardt, not Kerry. It was Jeffrey Earnhardt that he uh, crewed for last uh year at Talladega, and uh, Jordan Anderson just happens to be Larry McReynolds' son-in-law. Oh, okay. Which might have something to do with it. Um, as far as the cup race at Indianapolis tomorrow, points leader William Byron failed inspection three times. I saw that, going back to the back of the pack. Well, not only that, he goes to the back of the pack. Um, his crew chief has been ejected. Uh, he doesn't get a pit selection for this race. I mean, he'll get what's left over after 40 other people choose. Uh, he can't qualify, so he won't have a speed to go on. And um, as soon as they as soon as they drop the green flag, he's got to do a pass-through penalty in the pits. 
So, I mean, I'd say they pretty much hammered him. I think they did. I think it would be to his uh, benefit to pass inspection. Yes. I, I mean, I wouldn't well, – devil no, but I wonder what the problem was. I mean, uh, now he's the points leader. He's won, what, five races, and he can't pass inspection on a road course where actually they, they're not going to be going that fast or anything, so I can't see it being an aerodynamic thing. There's but, no you know, telling. They are so picky with those new, new cars that, uh, you know, I don't know what could have happened. And then one final note here, our buddy Shane Van Giesbergen, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, is uh, the Australian supercar champion that won at Chicago on the street race, is uh, looking for a full-time, well, he's not looking for a full-time ride. He's got one next year with Trackhouse, but they're looking to get a, the either, it says here, buy or lease a charter. And that is going to be millions and millions of dollars just to do that. And, uh, well, they've, they've got to see it as a very good investment, though. Well, uh, and uh, he drives the 90, number 91, and he will be out there uh, qualifying today and tomorrow the race. And uh, Well, didn't, did I not read that there's some other supercar drivers that, that want to come over now? Well, there might be. The only one, see, we've already got one with uh, Scott McLaughlin, mm-hmm. who was uh, Penske's supercar driver. He runs Indianapolis cars now and has for about, I don't know if this is the second or third year, but he uh, uh, he, he came from over there. You know, uh, Marcus Ambrose, remember him? Mm-hmm. He was one of those, and he I think he won at least he won at least one cup race. Of course, it was on a road course, and I don't know if he's won another one, but Van Giesbergen, uh, he's, um, I mean, for a, a being a rookie, he's, I think he's 38 years old, and that's pretty long in the tooth to just be getting started, but that's just getting started in the United States. He's been racing for years, and like I said, he's almost, from what I've read, and I heard this comparison made because I'd never heard of him before about three months ago, uh, he's like the Dale Earnhardt of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He's won their biggest race twice, and uh, I think the Bath 1000 it's called, and he's... Uh, Going to come over here next year, and uh, I'm sure Trackhouse Racing, which is um, Mark's, I can't think of his first name right off the top of my head, and Pitbull, the the singer, the entertainer, uh, will find uh, a charter because they got, they got the money. They just got to find somebody willing to part with a charter. And you think there's a lot of teams like maybe uh, Front Row Motorsports or some of the back teams that, they have a charters, but they're not really running up front. Well, twenty million dollars might might just put them over the top and let them uh, compete with the big boys uh, on a more equal basis. So uh, we're going to take a break here in just a minute and come back. We've got Tom Jensen, who is the curator and he's an author and a journalist, but he's also the curator of the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame over in Charlotte, and he's supposed to be a master storyteller that's what he's billed as on the internet so so we'll talk to him in a few minutes you're listening to start your engines on fox sports spartanburg the home of open mic weekdays from three to six fox sports spartanburg 98.3 fm wsbg spartanburg we are 
here's what you need to know. In the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup, host nation Australia advanced to the semifinals with an epic penalty kick shootout win over France. The shootout went 10 rounds before Australia won it 7-6. It was the longest shootout in World Cup history, men's or women's. England then defeated Columbia 2-1. NFL preseason Friday night, the Arizona Cardinals defeating the Denver Broncos 18-17. Russell Wilson completed 7-13 of 13 for 93 yards and a touchdown. Washington winning at Cleveland 17-15. Browns rookie quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson, another strong effort, completing 9 of 10 for 102 and a touchdown. Jordan Love completing 7 of 10 for 46 yards and a touchdown in Green Bay's 36-19 win at Cincinnati. Baseball Friday night, the Mariners over the Orioles 9-2. Seattle's won 8 straight. The Dodgers have won 6 straight. They defeated the Colorado Rockies 6-1. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. A few years back, when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Providing for and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you're not there to do so. Many people are under the impression that establishing a will is the first and last step to estate planning. That's why developing a formal estate plan can be one of the most important things you'll ever do for them. A comprehensive estate plan can help you preserve and protect your wealth, control who receives your assets, and ensure that your wishes are carried out. Working with our estate planning experts, financial advisor Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Jannie Montgomery Scott can help you prepare an estate plan. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. Set your alarm. All right. I've added it to reminder. 7 a.m. Every weekday, Spartanburg's best sports is on Bumpin' Run. Hosted by Tyler Sugar. That's the guy. That's the hero. We're talking sports and other stuff. Hear from local high school and college coaches, including USC Upstate, Clemson, and South Carolina. Two hours to begin your day. The Bumpin' Runway. Right here on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. (laughs) 
live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore, and here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce our next guest, our Legends guest for this week, the curator of the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, author, journalist, Tom Jensen. Good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Doing great. Now, I looked you up on the Internet last night just to, just to make sure uh, I had my ducks lined up, and it says Curatorial Affairs Manager. Is that the same thing as curator? Basically, it's I, I run the uh, curation department at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, so it involves doing a little bit of everything. No two days are the same, which is kind of fun. That's a great job. I tell you what, if I yeah. could have a job, it, that would be the one I would want. Could you imagine getting up, going to work every day at the NASCAR Hall of Fame? Yeah, and and messing around with the history of the sport we all love so much. Um, Tom, you, uh, you're. It says, you know, that you're, uh, and and I, I know this firsthand from following you. Uh, but you know, it says you're a, like a master storyteller, and that just must be a wonderful job. Spending all, I, I don't think you spend all day doing that, but just being able to talk to others about the history of NASCAR and and all the great stories you must have. Well, I tell people I've, I've never done an honest day's work. <laughs> All I do is have the ability to tell stories, and that's, that's served me well. And, and it's a lot of fun in NASCAR because there are so many great stories, and there's so many wonderful people I've been fortunate enough to meet over the years and interact with. And, and uh, uh, I truly love what I do, and I'm very, very fortunate to be able to do it. Now, um, we also we haven't had Winston Kelly on this year. Is, is he still with the Hall of Fame? Yes, sir. He's the big boss. He oh, runs the show. That's what I thought. And of course, we had a. We always have Buzz McKim on. We've had him on earlier. So uh, I tell you what, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is just a. It's a fabulous place. Unfortunately, I haven't been in a couple of years. I need to get back. I don't think I've been since COVID, and uh, that's my excuse. But I need to get back up there and uh, and visit because the. Uh, I mean, what, what's the motto I see on television? Something like our our sport, our house, or something like that. And it's just a correct. It's a beautiful, correct. beautiful facility. And if you've never been to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, uh, I would urge you to go. It's it's it, and and plan on a day. Don't plan on going up there and spending an hour. You you're going to need a whole day to go through that. That's right. And and we've been very fortunate. We've got a lot of new <laughs> exhibits this year. We've got a couple of next-gen cars in the building now. And um, we've got uh, a lot on the development of the next-gen car. We've got a new Glory Road that just opened in, in January that encompasses 75 years of NASCAR history. Got eight divisions of cars featured, uh, seven or eight manufacturers, uh, a bunch of great champions, over the years, 
So it's definitely a place one come and make a day of. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's uh, it's not that far away. It doesn't take long to get to Charlotte. I mean, uh, I-85 is kind of messed up in parts of South Cherokee Carolina. County. But uh, it's uh, it's well worth the trip up there. Now, let me ask you, Tom, you uh, you're a journalist, you're an author, and you um, how, how did you get in, interested in racing? How, did, were you like uh, with a newspaper or something, and they assigned you to go cover a race, and you fell in love with it, or exactly how did you be, get involved with auto racing? It, it goes way back, and way back much further than that, and actually has the Spartanburg connection. Okay, that's what we like. When I was six years old. In February of 1963, I was walking home from my elementary school and parked two doors up the street from my house was a slant back um, truck, and on it was a white number six Dodge. Mm. And naturally, being a six-year-old kid and being curious and already liking cars, I kind of climbed up on the trailer and... <laughs> guy came running out of the house and and he said can i help you son i said mister i just want to see your race car and of course it was the car david pearson was going to drive in the daytona 500 i was living in maitland florida which is about suburb of orlando about an hour from there and this gentleman and i still don't know who it is spent about an hour with me or half an hour with me let me sit in the car opened up the hood showed me the big Dodge Henry engine in it, and um, I've been hooked ever since, and I was six years old, and Cotton Owens' daughter was at the hall a couple of years ago, and I, I told her that story, and she said, oh yeah, we used to stay at that house. Dad had a friend who lived in Maitland, and when we went to Daytona, that's where we stayed. Well, you know, so that, I started young. That would have been the Dodge... Um... 63 is when Cotton went from Pontiac to Dodge. So uh, that that car was, uh, that was the beginning of a long line of uh, Cotton Owens' uh, association with uh, with NASCAR. Uh, I mean, with, uh, with auto with racing, Dodge. with Chrysler is what I'm trying to say. And, yeah, 1964 was the year. Yeah. Well, um, was that Deborah? I mean, I, we've had Deborah, I think that's her name, on the, on the show because, we can't have Cotton, and we'd like to have somebody, you know, representing the different teams from Spartanburg uh, interview from time to time. And I, I think Deborah who was her name. I'm not. I'm not sure. I believe that's correct, but I'm not sure either. Okay, so let me let me take it a step further. So, how did you actually? Um, I mean, that's a great start. I, mine is sort of similar, but we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you and you. Um, how did you get to be a journalist uh, and obviously uh, concentrate on auto racing? I was actually, um, I started in, in journalism a long time ago, 40 years ago almost. And um, I worked for a series of business newspapers. There's a company headquartered in Charlotte called American City Business Journal that publishes the Charlotte Business Journal. And I worked for their papers in San Jose, in Phoenix, in Honolulu, and ultimately Charlotte. And they offered me a publisher's job in Portland, at the Portland Business Journal. And at the last minute, this was 1997, 
the the president of the company came to me and said, look, I know you're really into cars and really into auto racing. You need an executive editor at NASCAR Winston Cup scene. Would you rather stay here and do that than go to Portland? And I said, heck yes. You know, that was the start of it. And I've, I've worked in the NASCAR industry ever since. Now, you, you, you must have had a favorite, and I don't know if it was David Pearson because of that incident, incident you talked about earlier, but uh, who did Tom Jensen grow up pulling for? I think just about everybody was a Richard Petty fan at one point or another. Well, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I was because I, I was a Pearson fan, but I always liked Richard. Well, there's, there you go. Petty and Pearson, I mean, they were the two... They were the two big guys when when, when I was a kid, and um, I'll never forget the first time I met Richard. We were walking into, he was in the back of a holler, and he had, a, had his sunglasses on, and he had his Charlie One, one Horse hat on, <laughs> and he had a box of Sharpies, and he was you know, taking the lid off each one and you know, signing a piece of paper just to make sure they all worked. And when he went out in the garage and got mobbed, and I was introduced to him, and just kind of as an icebreaker, I said, King, how many of those do you think you autographs you sign in your life? And he just looked at me and said, how big is the national debt? <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what. And he had that elaborate autograph that, I mean, it took him a, it took him a couple of seconds to do it, and uh, I've seen him time after time sign that autograph, uh, you know, for one fan after another, and it took him a little bit to do it. He he put a lot into it. I don't know how he made that thing come out the same way every time because I've got it several times from when I was a kid. And uh, um, yeah, Richard Petty, he was the king for a reason. And I, I guess if you uh, if you didn't, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be a Richard Petty fan unless you just had to be a David Pearson fan and couldn't see the other side of it. But I, I saw Dave, I saw Richard Petty run so many races here at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds and win a bunch of them. And, uh, uh, it, yeah, Richard Petty would be uh, easily understood as, as your favorite driver. Now, you, um, you've you been at the Hall of Fame now for how long? Almost six years. Okay. And now, now, what do you do when you wake up in the morning and you brush your teeth and you go to work? I mean, you sit down at your desk and and uh, and people have like, do people come forward? I guess with exhibits that would you like to to have this uh, to display in the museum, or are you are you out researching, looking for a, a particular object? Uh, what do you what do you all, do? All of the above. Sometimes. Um, People come to us with stuff. We had a guy come in about a year ago, and, you know, typically people come in unannounced, and they just show up, and the guy had a box of trophies, and he had he also had some flat maps with him. And he said he wanted to talk to somebody in the, the exhibits department. And so I, I came downstairs, and... We introduced ourselves, and he was a very nice man. And um, he said that he had recently bought an old house in Charlotte, and he was going through the attic uh, doing some cleanup work and found all these trophies. Mm. 
and he had gone back through city records and found that the house once belonged to Buck Baker. Oh, my hero. (laughs) I love Buck Baker. And so he donated these trophies. But we, we had people all the time who, you know, are willing to lend us things or donate things. We're very fortunate um, in that regard. So sometimes I will go in, like one of the things I'll be doing in pretty short order is we have a room for all the inductees called the Hall of Honor. Right. And this year we'll, we'll have three inductees. We'll have Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss, and Donnie Allison. And each of them will get a car to display in an artifact case with room for maybe 25 to 30 artifacts. So mm-hmm. part of my job is to meet with those three inductees, or in some cases a representative, and try to figure out what would be the best artifacts to put in that in their respective cases. So, you know, you'd want for Jimmy and Chad, for each of them, and they'll each have their own case, you'd want something that reflects the fact that they have seven championships. You'd want something that reflects the fact that they have five in a row. But you might also want something, you know, from their early days when Jimmy was five years old and raced motorcycles and Chad was a crew chief for his dad. He's a short track racer in Illinois. So you you try to meet with them and and pick their brain and, and, um, figure out what are the best items to put in your display cases. So that's a really fun part of the job. Well, yeah. Speaking of all the artifacts, we know that you're constantly having to swap in and out different exhibits in there, but do you have one or maybe two things that you've got in the back that every year you're saying, we need to get this on display, but then just don't have room for it? Well, Typically, most museums only display about a third of what they've got in the building, and that's why you rotate items through. And one of the situations that happens is sometimes somebody will come up to us and say, I have this this thing I'd like to loan you or I'd like to give you, and they don't understand that if we don't have a specific exhibit that that pertains to that might not go on the floor for a year or two or three. And um, so, yes, we have things stored away that we would like to get on the floor at some point. One of the donations we received several years ago is we've got the, as certified by the Guinness Book of World Records, we have the world's largest collection of NASCAR-themed cereal boxes. That's 4,000 <laughs> of them. So I don't know when or where we're ever going to display those, but um, yeah, it, it's always a balance trying to get as much cool stuff on the on the floor as you can. Boy, I'd love to spend a little time in your locker, or your uh, <laughs> your uh, storage room. I bet that's great. And I and I've got a I've got a Terry I got a Terry Labani uh, Kellogg. Uh, Frosted Flakes box. I don't think the flakes right. are too good anymore, but it's it's sitting on the shelf at my house. Excellent. 
You want it? <laughs> I'll loan it to you. If, if you've got the greatest collection of them, you probably don't need it. Yeah, we're, we're pretty pretty full up on cereal boxes right now, but thank you. Uh, we're talking to Tom Jensen, the curator of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Now, now Tom, what's um, you said, I, I think you said just a few minutes ago you got some new cars on uh, Glory Road. What a... What's coming up in the future uh, for the NASCAR Hall of Fame? That uh, I'm coming up there. I got to get back. It's been too long, and, and you've really got me jacked up now. But uh, what, what, what's well, uh, coming up uh, for the Hall of Fame? The big thing will be induction in January, when we induct the class of 2024, and so we'll change out the Hall of Honor, and and we'll add cars and artifacts from Jimmy, Chad, and Donnie. And that, that's always a very exciting time. We're very much looking forward to that. And we have a couple new exhibits in the works that I'm not really at liberty to disclose yet. But we'll, we'll have some, some new stuff going up in the fall. That sounds great. Now, um, any time is a good time to go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. But I would think this year would be especially good with it being NASCAR's 75th anniversary. Tell us, uh, tell our listeners, and there's we got a lot of them because we're on internet all around the world. Uh, the hours for the museum, what it costs to get in, are there and are there uh, tours that you can take? You know that are like guided tours with a with a tour guide that would uh, explain things to you, or uh, and I know you can just walk around by yourself. That's what I've always done. But how does how does that work, and how can the fans uh, get get um, get in there and, and get the most for their money the easiest thing you can do is go on our website which is nascarhall.com and you can buy tickets general admission tickets start at $25 we do guided tours um, Mondays and Fridays and we have you, you can purchase tickets for those we are open daily from 10 o'clock to 5 o'clock um Seven days a week. Now, starting in the fall, after uh, Labor Day, we will be closed on Tuesdays, and that'll only be, be uh, what we call our group hot pass day. And we have groups, but you can get all the essential information you need on our website, NASCARHall.com. It's very comprehensive. That's great, Tom. Thank you so much for coming on. That that twenty minutes flew by. In fact, it was twenty-two minutes. So, thank you so much for. Uh, we're coming on, and uh, I get up this year. I'm gonna see if I can knock on your door and uh, just shake your hand and tell you how much I appreciate all you're doing for the history of NASCAR, and uh, and the things you do for the Hall of Fame, and and maybe tell me a story. If you're supposed to be a great storyteller, I got a few of them. Thanks <laughs> for having me on. And anytime you want to come up, just get in touch with me. I'll be happy to show you around personally. Oh, great! Well, thank you so much, Tom, and. Uh, you take care of yourself, and uh, appreciate you coming on Start Your Engine. No problem. Thanks. Have a good rest of your show, guys. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Tom Jensen, good guest. Very good. Let's I, take him up on that. We can do that. I like. I wouldn't mind walking around with him. I know. I, it, it would have to be fun. And he might even let us peek in the storage area. <laughs> I'm going go in there and hide. <laughs> i tell you what. All right. Let's take a break. Come back. Talk to Deb Williams. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month. Or hit the road in a new Nissan Road, lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Law and Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Law and Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Set your alarm. All right. I've added it to reminders. 7 a.m. Every weekday, Spartanburg's best sports is on Bump and Run. Hosted by Tyler Sugar. That's the guy. That's the hero. We're talking sports and other stuff. Hear from local high school and college coaches, including USC Upstate, Clemson, and South Carolina. Two hours to begin your day. The Bump and Run way. Right here on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Deb Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning. Just fine, thank you. How, How are you? I'm great. How are things up in Indianapolis this morning? Well, I'm happy to report that the storms and rain that we had this morning have gone away, and we have blue sky and white clouds, and temperature is increasing. Okay, that sounds good. 
Uh, we got a gentleman here in the studio with us today. His name is Brian Ramey. He's uh, he was a sponsor for Marty Ward. I don't know if you're familiar with Marty. He uh, was like a six-time champion at Greenville Pickens Speedway, and he passed away this past uh, Saturday night. Actually, he passed away on Sunday after a race that, he, and he had already won a heat race earlier in the evening. But Brian's mm-hmm. in here to talk about him, and uh, he said, "Well." I, I told him he could stick around as long as he wanted to, and he said, well, I want to at least stay around long enough so I can meet Deb Williams. So, Deb, meet Brian Ramey. Hello, Deb. Well, hey, Brian. It's nice to, hey, it's nice to meet you, and I was sorry about Marty. I saw where he had his heart attack and all, but, yeah. you know, he had a, a win, and and uh, he was a very successful short track racer, and all of us knew about him. So, sorry for your loss, but he'll never be forgotten. You're you're right about that. He's they they, uh, they call him the goat of Greenville Pickens. Um, that's what they've been saying on Facebook for a while. They used to put up a banner during the 2010 championship season that said Marty's house uh, in turn oh, one. Cool. Somebody would put that up every every week when that was the first year I sponsored him and he won his sixth championship that year. So, all, well, all, Keith Cochran still handling PR there then? Yes. Yes, he. I think he passed away in maybe 2012. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, see, Keith, Keith, Keith and I graduated from high school together. Is that right? And he, yeah, and he actually had me come down there one Saturday night at Greenville Pickens to be the grand marshal, and I got to give the command to start engines at Greenville Pickens. So, I, I, yeah, I sure hated to see that track go away. I actually gave a eulogy, an impromptu eulogy for Keith. Uh, if we talk privately sometime, I'll tell you about it. It's a very good story. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to hear that because um, he and I actually put together a uh, a piece when we were in the state football championships that uh, he was just getting into broadcasting then, and I was getting into the newspaper business, and we put together a radio show that the principal let us broadcast over the the speaker where we would ask a question like we were talking to the coach or the the players and then we would play a popular song as the answer for that pop that particular question for instance you know what do you coach do you what do you see as the biggest problem we might have and then we'd play the song backfield in motion so you know (laughs) stuff like that it was fun he was a crazy idea man he wanted me to dress up like a spark plug and run from start finish line into turn one. I said, I said, a, I weigh three hundred pounds, and and two, I'm trying to get clients for my law firm, not run them away. <laughs> but he was a good guy. Yeah, he was. He was. Well, Deb, he had a tough life growing up. Deb, uh, is there anybody hotter right now than Greg than uh than uh Chris Boucher? I mean, Chris that, Boucher. lovely to see him win again i i just love that i thought it was great and i we talked uh quite a bit about how the, the rfk team is is coming on strong and i i mean they really are we, we need to get brad in victory lane well yeah and you know you've got a good chance to do that and the interesting thing was no one really expected the fords to be that competitive at michigan because of the less downforce that they have on the front end this year and so Brad Keselowski told us at Richmond that he was looking at the you know the Indy Road course and also Watkins Glen as possibly being where Chris could get wins so 
for him to get at Richmond and Michigan, that just um, sets him up more on a pedestal than I think uh, a lot of people thought. Greg, uh, uh, Greg. Uh, um, Deb, I love hearing the uh, race cars in the background. That sounded good. You must have went inside. Uh, I just now went inside yeah. where I could hear you better. Yeah, that, but I love to hear <laughs> the cars uh, going by. The, uh, I love to hear them going by in the background. That's great. Uh, just uh, Yeah, they just started cup practice. They had Xfinity this morning, and A.J. Allmendinger's on the pole for today's Xfinity race. So. Okay. Uh, you know, we got had we've got the Indy race before we had the Xfinity race, so it's a full day of racing. It is about that. Good day to be in Indianapolis, that's for sure. Now, is it true? Exactly. Uh, they've been saying some things. I heard uh, uh, on television uh, yesterday, and, and maybe a little bit the day before, that they might go back to the to the. Uh, it's not an oval, but the the oval, the big track after after this year, and not run on the road course as much. Are you hearing that, or? or not true. No, that's true. Um, they're actually having a tire test here Monday and Tuesday on the Oval. And, um, you know, some people have even talked about running the Oval one year and then coming back to the road course the next year. The bad thing is that when they go back to the Oval, you probably won't see it at a NASCAR IndyCar double. So there are a lot of people that are not happy about that. And it's like one of the competitors said, you know, that gives them the opportunity for race fans, for IndyCar fans to be introduced to NASCAR and vice versa. So a lot of the competitors are saying, you know, if, if they go back to the Oval and get back their Crown Jewel Brickyard 400, then they would like to see a NASCAR, IndyCar doubleheader somewhere else on the schedule. Back at, yeah, but... I even alternating years would be okay with me, but I just, I you know, I'm, I love Indianapolis so much, and I just would prefer to see them on the on the big track with the that has so much history and everything. Uh, it's uh, I, there were so many good races there. God, I remember the Bodines getting into it one year, and uh, well, that was the first year. After the yeah. first year, you know, the big problem developed when they had that situation that tire problem right and they were having to pit so often and then that was the year that really put a water on the the fire here at indy for running the oval and they just didn't have good racing after that and the crowds plummeted so so they had to do something to try to get the attendance back up but you know that's why they're doing the tire test on Monday and Tuesday because they haven't run this car on the oval, and um, you definitely want to have good racing, and you know you want to have the prestige of the oval and the prestige of the brickyard, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I kind of uh, like the idea of rotating it each year. Yeah, that that I could live with that very easily. Um, Noah Cragson. But I never but liked I, but I, just, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I really, really would like to see NASCAR and IndyCar have a weekend together somewhere else if they don't have it here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh, I'd love to see that. In fact, I'd, I'd like to see uh, maybe somebody like Kyle Larson or somebody get out of one and get in the other because uh, uh, there was a lot of lot of talk uh, back in May about him coming to Indianapolis next year to run in the 500. Kirk Busch did great up there. I mean, I can go on. Donnie Allison just got in the Hall of Fame. He ran uh, fifth at Indy one day and won the World 600 the next. So uh, 
Well, no, there was a few days in between. There was like four days in between, but he did win them the same year and the yeah. same week. Um, but, um, you know, Kyle, um, Kyle Larson actually has a uh, media availability in the morning with his IndyCar that he'll be running here next year. Is he running for Ganassi? No, Hendrick. Hint. Oh, okay. Oh, all right, well. I guess I was uh, I misremembered, as somebody said one time. But well, it's, it's a Hendrick partnership. I mean, it's with McLaren, I believe, and and uh, Hendrick's not building the car 100%, but he's a a partner in it with the regular IndyCar team that's, that's running Kyle Larson. Well, you talk about a famous name and a historic name, and that that's McLaren. Um, but I want to touch on Noah Craxton, and I was just going to say that I've never liked him for one second. And uh, I don't wish anybody bad, but I, I'm not going to miss him. What's the? What do you know about that situation? Well, you know, he's doing it the right way. He took responsibility for his actions, and he's stepping away. And, you know, you look at Kyle Larson and how he changed when he went through the, the program that NASCAR laid out from him. And Kyle Larson actually went above and beyond what he had to do. And... Um, I think with Noah, Noah needs somebody in his life right now. With his father in, in prison, he needs a father figure or a big brother figure to help him and guide him, much like Bill France Jr. became with Dale Earnhardt because Dale Earnhardt lost his father so early in his life. And, uh, you know, I think if Noah could get somebody like that in his life, that it would help him tremendously. So... I think what he's going through right now and what he will be required to go through in order to come back into NASCAR will help him uh, mature. Okay. Well, you know, I, I mean, I wish him the best. I just, I, I, he he turned me off throwing up in victory lane and shotgunning beers and some of the profanity he used. And, and that's how I first got to know him. And I just said, I don't, I don't like this guy. And, you know, well, he, Kyle Larson's wife always shot guns of beer in victory lane. Well, that's okay. <laughs> she's not <laughs> she's not out there in the public eye as much as a uh, Cragson is. But you know, um, I, I mean, he was his, he averaged twenty eighth as a finishing you know finishing twenty eighth, and that's not too high. He's never he doesn't have a top ten this year, so you know maybe they're better off putting somebody else in that car, and it's going to be Mike Rockenfeller for uh, the next two races on the road course, which makes me want to ask you, um, have you had a chance to meet Shane Van Giesbergen yet? He's had some media availabilities. I mean, I haven't met him one-on-one, but uh, we had a lengthy Zoom conference with him the other day, and I was quite impressed with his race at IRP last night in his truck series debut, and even that's the first time he had ever raced on an oval. And to come out with a 19th place finish, was really, really impressive. And Kyle Larson just said a few minutes ago it wouldn't surprise him if SVG just kicked their butt out here as well like he did in Chicago. Well, i tell you what, Deb. Uh, let's do our point standings, which you are leading. You won last week. Congratulations. And have you got Thank you. 42 points. Ronnie, you got 37. you got to get back on the stick. Um, i got 29. I'm fading Lanny, you got 27, and Greg's got nine. Greg's not with us this morning. But uh, I tell you what, Deb, if you want Van Giesbergen, take him. You go first. I don't. I don't. I'm going to go with Almondinger. 
Okay, Almondinger. Uh, Ronnie, who you like? Well, I was going to go with Truex again, but I don't know. I, something keeps bringing me back to Keselowski. Okay. Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take uh, Chase. I mean, I still say he's going to win one to get into Chase. Uh, Lanny, you can text me yours in. Um, Brian, you want to play? <laughs> you're sure. not. A, you're not a regular, but you can. Uh, you're sitting over there, and I, I don't want to leave you out. So pick somebody. My guy for the last ten years, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Number eight. Number eight. Okay. You can't ever count him out. That's right. He's had too many last. My, that's who my son likes, and he's uh, tired of these last place finishes. I, I despised him when he first started. <laughs> I did too. But I went to Talladega, and he won a, a Xfinity race at Talladega with the whole left side of his car gone. You could he'd go by us, and we could see him in the seat through the side through the roll cage, and he won that race. They wouldn't do that. I walked anymore. away from Talladega that day. I said I bought his bought one of his eighteen hat. I said I'm a Kyle Busch fan now. They wouldn't do that any, anymore, and Lanny takes Blaney. So, uh, Deb, before we let you go, what else you got? Anything uh, Anything we missed? Um, well, it's going to be interesting as uh, we head down into the final season of the final races of the regular season when you look at how close it is. I mean, you got an opportunity type. Ty Gibbs is sitting right there in 16th in the points right now, and if anybody wins that hasn't won, that's going to move the cut line. So it's definitely going to be interesting these next three races. Yeah, this, the uh, and Xfinity I think's got six left, something like that. I got it written down here someplace, but yeah, it, it, it's those uh, those bubble uh, bubble races uh, are very interesting, and I look forward to that. Um, the, the Xfinity playoffs will actually be determined by the Bristol race. Okay, good. All righty. Well, Deb, yeah. have fun up there in Indianapolis. Uh, I know you've been to the museum before there, haven't you? I have, but there's no time to go. We're so jam-packed, and, and with having the ride and, and everything, you know, I mean, I got here at 8 o'clock this morning, and it will probably be 8 or 9 o'clock tonight before I get to leave to go to the hotel. Okay. Well, Tom Jensen says hello. Well, tell him I said hi next time you talk with him. <laughs> okay. He invited us up there. You know, that'd be great, Ronnie. We go up to the Hall of Fame and meet Deb there, and Tom just promised us a... Well, now a, you're talking about the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, NASCAR Hall of Fame, because yeah. he just yeah. promised us uh, a personal guided tour, so... Uh, that's kind of hard to turn down. I may have to work that in during the off season. You should because it's really cool now that Ford has put their exhibit in there that shows the uh, development of this current car, and they've actually got a full-scale clay model of the next-gen car that was used when they were developing that car. I'll, I'll send you some photos I've got from the the unveiling that they had there of it. I think you'll find it pretty cool. Cool. That's great. Well, thank you, Deb. And uh, have fun up there. Be safe. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. If, uh, you know, as long as the drivers stay safe and we have good racing, then, then it's a, a good weekend. That's right. Thank you, Deb. Thank you. Appreciate it. And it was nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, Deb. Pleasure. Talk to you later. Nice All right. Meet you too. Thank you, Deb. Bye-bye. She is... Uh, 
What is she, Ronnie? She's the smartest woman I know. Let's take a break and come back and wrap this baby up. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month, or hit the road in a new Nissan Rogue. Lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting clients' needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing services and solutions tailored to fit your unique needs and preferences to help clients reach their personal and business goals. When you're seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Country Meat Center in Woodruff is well known for our great cuts of beef, pork, and chicken. But we're so much more than just a great butcher shop. We also offer locally grown produce, delicious cakes and pies, a fully stocked deli with boar's head meats and cheeses, seafood brought in fresh from Charleston, as well as a great selection of wild game like bison, ostrich, and kangaroo for the adventurous home chef. We are locally owned and operated and will be happy to fill all your grocery needs. Shop local at the Country Meat Center, located at 10297 Highway 221, open 830 to 7, Monday through Saturday. Find an old 35mm film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35mm and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35mm, color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. 
No matter what mood I'm in, McDonald's has a deal that's here for it. Like right now, I can mix and match two of my favorites for just $3.49. So if I'm feeling a little extra, I get a McDouble with two tasty beef patties. If I'm feeling nostalgic, oh, I go with a classic like a juicy McChicken. And no matter how I'm feeling, a golden crispy small fries always sounds like a good idea. All this food talk is bringing on a new mood. Hungry. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome back to the final uh, 11 minutes and 8 seconds to start your engines for this week. Flew by, didn't it, Ronnie? It has. When you're having fun, it goes fast. And I want to thank, before we get in a big hurry, Brian, for coming in, Brian Ramey, and sharing your uh, experiences and thoughts and everything about Marty Ward. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for asking me. All right. Well, uh, before... The show's over. Let me thank Lanny McKinney, who uh, does our podcast and maintains the Budmore Engineering website. He's even got a website for our show and uh, and records the show each week and puts it on the podcast. Uh, Lanny, I haven't had a chance to listen to last week's show yet, so uh, I will, uh, I'll have two to, watch, to uh, listen to this week. Four hours of action. So let's quickly go through uh, as much of this as I can cover. Uh, from last week, the Cup, of course, ran at Michigan. Very, very fast track where Chris Boucher was the winner. Martin Truex finished second. And i uh, tell you what, they had a restart there late, and uh, they couldn't do anything with Boucher. I mean, he was gone. Martin Truex uh, ran him down and got it beside him one time. And you notice these next-gen cars, when you let off the gas, the flame shoots out of the exhaust pipe. And he finally got up beside Boucher, and when I saw that flame coming out of the exhaust pipe in uh, between first and second turns, uh, I knew he was backing off, and he just he couldn't hold it. I mean, he was on the ragged edge, and I think he had to do that to keep from taking them both out. So Chris Boucher's won two in a row, and that's just fabulous for the RFK team. Second is uh, was Truex. Third, Denny Hamlin. Fourth was the team owner uh, or part owner. Brad Keselowski, Third, uh, fifth was Kyle Larson, sixth Daniel Suarez, who I need to get back picking again. He he was doing good uh, at the beginning, and uh, he had a good finish last week. Seventh was Ross Chastain, eighth Kevin Harvick, who I still say is going to win a race this year in his final year. Ninth Ryan Blaney, and tenth Eric Jones. Uh, had a lot of blown tires and cars bouncing off the wall. Kyle Busch did and finished dead last uh, after only 14 laps. Chase Elliott did, tore his car up. And William Byron did, who uh, is going to be starting from the rear this week. And Josh Berry crashed, driving for uh, Noah Cragson. And they all had blowouts and hit the wall. And uh, Alex Bowman... <coughs> I knew that was going to happen. Alex Bowman had a bad... Uh, had a bad accident himself, so it was not a good day for the yeah. um, uh, Hendrick cars. Blaney is what we forgot to ask Dev about. What we were going to ask? Why? Hey, why didn't pass inspection? Uh, Byron. Byron, I mean. Yeah. Well, you're right. Uh, <laughs> call her back. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, the standings in NASCAR uh, for the Cup Series with four wins, leading the points is William Byron, three wins, and second place is Martin Truex and Kyle Busch in third. With two wins each are Denny Hamlin in fourth, Kyle Larson fifth, Chris Boucher sixth, and the next uh, looks like six guys have one win. That's uh, seventh, Christopher Bell, eighth, Ross Chastain, ninth, Ryan Blaney, tenth, Joey Logano, 11th, Tyler Reddick, and 12th, Ricky Stenhouse, the Daytona 500 winner. The next four who haven't won a race yet, Kevin Harvick in 13th, Brad Keselowski 14th, Bubba Wallace is 15th, and Ty Gibbs is 16th. And those are very tenuous positions because in 17th, just a few points out, and he was in the top 16 last week, Michael McDowell. Daniel Suarez, by way of his sixth-place finish, jumped up a whole lot. Um... Uh, he's 18th, and got a, he's only five points out of the playoffs. So, uh, and then after that's Almondinger, 19th and 20th is Alex Bowman. So uh, they got a ways to go. Their next race will be tomorrow, uh, and that will be at Indianapolis on the road course for the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard. That will be at 2:30 on NBC. Xfinity, we haven't talked about it all. Probably the worst race of the year for uh, our own Jeremy Clements. He just never had it. He didn't do anything off right off the truck, and uh, it continued through the race. Um, he's gonna. He's just gonna have to win one, and it's that simple. He finished uh, 26th, which was not good. But the race was won at Michigan by John H. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek. Second was Josh Berry. Third, Brandon Jones. Fourth, Ty Gibbs. Fifth, Sam Mayer. Sixth, Riley Herp. Seventh, Ross Chastain. Eighth, Parker Klingerman. Ninth, Parker Retzlaff. And tenth, Jeb Burton. As I said, Jeremy was 26th, started 27th, and actually was never in it. No factor. He's uh, he needs to he needs to get going. That's for sure. The points for Xfinity with five wins: John Hunter Nemechek, four wins in second place is Austin Hill, two wins in third is Cole Custer. The next five guys have one win. That's Justin Allgaier, fourth. Sam Mayer, fifth. Chandler Smith, sixth. Sammy Smith, seventh. Jeb Burton, eighth. Uh, and Jeb Burton, eighth. Ninth is uh, Josh Berry. Tenth, Daniel Hemrick. Eleventh, Riley Herbst. And twelfth is Sheldon Creed. Um, Eighteen points behind Creed is Parker Klingerman, and he'd be the next one uh, to try to squeeze in there. In the playoffs, um, Jeremy Clements is in 19th. 197 points behind. There is no way he is going to make it on points. So uh, they've got three races left uh, today at um, Indianapolis Race, uh, not the, the Indianapolis Road Course. I'm sorry. Next week at Watkins Glen, and then August 26th at Daytona. Uh, Jeremy's real good on race course, uh, road courses, and he won at Daytona last year. So I say he's got a chance. I say he's got a good chance. So Jeremy, get that. Wings, etc. car uh, as it's sponsored this week in there. The race today is at 5.30 on USA, and that will be the Pennzoil 150 at the Brickyard. Next, let's go to Indy. They uh, they ran the streets in Nashville last week, and uh, it was interesting, but they've never had one as good as the first one. This was the third one. They did have somewhat of a surprise winner, though, with Kyle Kirkwood. Second was Scott McLaughlin. We talked about earlier the New Zealander. Third, points leader Alex Pillow. Fourth, Indianapolis 500 race winner Joseph Newgarden, who's from Nashville. 
And fifth was Scott Dixon. Sixth, Roman Groshan. Seventh, Eric Marcus Erickson. Eighth, Patricio O'Ward. Ninth, Christian Lungard. And tenth, Will Power. They will race uh, today. And that race is at 2.30 at the, uh, on the road course at Indianapolis. That is the Gallagher Grand Prix. I don't know what a Gallagher is. They had a big crash in that race at, uh, right off the bat pretty much at, uh, at Nashville. It took out uh, several of the back markers. So uh, the, uh, some stupid reason, I didn't, I didn't print out the points for Indianapolis, but I can tell you that Pelo has an 83-point lead. I remember that from when I printed it out and left it on the printer, evidently. The uh, IMSA. They had a race last week at um, Road America, and our car, the Wheeling Engineering Cadillac, won the pole. But uh, Alexander Sims managed to wreck it in the warm-ups the morning of the race, and that's how I woke up Sunday morning when uh, our buddy Mike Hill texted me with a picture of the car on a rollback, and I said, this is not good. But you know what? I figured up the points. By the way, the winner of the race was uh, uh, the Penske uh Porsche with Matt Campbell and Philip Felipe Nasser, Tom Glom, Blomquist was second, third Ricky Taylor, fourth Sebastian Bourdais, fifth uh, was the Mike Rockefeller car, and sixth was Pipo Durrani and Alexander Sims. I don't know why Emsa's not putting it on their website, the point standing, so I figured it out myself. And thinking that the Wheeling Engineering car probably fell out of the points lead. By my calculations, it did not because you get 35 points for sitting on the pole. So they, um, they're they still leading the points with two races to go. Um, second is Felipe Albuquerque and uh, Ricky Taylor. Third, uh, Nick Tandy and Matthew Jaminet. And fourth is Seabass and Ringer Vandersandy. And they race again on Sunday, September 17th. So they got quite a ways to go, almost a month. And that will be at Indianapolis on the road course. Quickly, Formula One, uh, they didn't run last week. Max Verstappen's making a joke out of it. He's way out front in points. He's won, 10 in a, he's won eight in a row and 10 out of 12. Sergio Perez's teammate won the other two. They will race next uh, on August 27th at Zandvoort, Holland for the Dutch Grand Prix. On television this weekend, uh, Xfinity qualifying uh, was at 9.30 this morning. Deb told us Almondinger won the poll. The cup qualifying is 11.30, so that's on right now on NBC Sports app. Uh, the IndyCar race will be on USA and Peacock at 2.30. The Xfinity race will be right after that at 5.30 on USA. And tomorrow the cup race is at 2.30 on NBC. And that's it. I got it in with 50 seconds to spare. You did great. Only coughed once. My, my, <laughs> my rev limiter only kicked in one time. So, uh, Brian, again, thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks, uh, thanks good. a million. That was great information and good to have you. Yeah, this was a blast. Glad to have. Glad to be here. Okay, got to meet a celebrity over the phone. Yep. There you go. And next week in South Carolina, high school football cranks up. I'm telling you what, if you want to keep up with high school football. There is no better place than this station right here, WSPG AM and FM. Ryan Clary and Alex Smith and all those guys, Tyler Sugar, they have got it down pat. They can tell you who the third-string linebacker is for for uh, Wade Hampton probably. So uh, 
This is your place for high school football, and we look forward to that. Thank you for listening, and uh, everybody be safe out there for another week. Natalie, we're not coming, so forget our table. The rest of you, keep it between the fences. been listening to start your engines tune in each saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news interviews and guests from around the sport to find out more or order perry allen woods books on motorsports visit mcfarlandbooks.com start your engines has been a presentation of fox sports spartanburg llc all rights reserved This is the place to be. Listen to Spartanburg Vikings football right here. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG Spartanburg. We are one And here's what you need to know. In the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup Saturday, host.